You look so fresh today. It's not too hot. It's just perfect. And I'm happy to see you, really. Long time. No see what well, last week I wasn't here. Uh, I see a few visitors. I see a few of you who probably is the first time that you know who I am, you know. My name is Dante Marrufo, just in case. I'm the pastor for this church. And today we are open the Bible. Right? That's what we do when we have a sermon. Let's open our Bibles and first. First Corinthians chapter 12, and today we are going to talk about some spiritual gifts. As you know, you already have the yellow page with all those ministries that you can participate. So we are going to talk about some of, you know, that this, the sermon is going to go around, you know, the spiritual gifts and the things that we can do at church. Verse number one, now about the spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. How do you say? Ignorant? Ignorant. Yeah, in Spanish it's close, right? Ignorant. First of all, brothers and sisters, Paul is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about some of the things that you and I are supposed to be, I mean, supposed to know. The Bible says that we are going to talk about the spiritual gifts. If you go to the original, you don't find the word gifts. It just says spiritual things. Everything that has to do with a spiritual Says that Paul wants to talk to all these people about spiritual things that are important in their lives. We call it the spiritual gifts. But he knows that it's really important. To the point that he's trying to encourage everybody else to remember that you don't have to forgive about those things. Everything is important, but these spiritual things, they are very important. So we keep reading verse number 2. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Okay, can somebody just tell me in a few different words other than those, what is Paul trying to say in a very simple way? You know, when you were not a Christian, when you were way out there not knowing anything about God, you used to believe some other things, other than things that take you back to the real God. You used to believe in things that take you back to idols. You used to believe in things that take you back away from God. Like what? As you know, I am Peruvian, and in Peru we do some weird stuff, the same thing they do sometimes in Mexico and some other parts of the world. I remember uh, 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 meeting this family of mine, and, and she's not Peruvian, she, she's Mexican, but she is Christian, and it's very interesting, she's Adventist, let's put it that way, it's not even, I mean, just Christian, Adventist, and I remember this, one day, I think it was my wife, wasn't it, honey, that you were uh, choking yourself, you know, in the house, something, cuca, right, she was choking, and in my house, kind of like, <coughs> And everybody knows what to do when you are choking. You go around the person, you start doing, you know, the thing so that way she can, you know, feel better, something like that. But she did something, and that's very interesting. Jim, can, can, you, can you help me here? Just, no, they, so that way they can see it. it, it it's, don't worry, I'm not going to touch you, really, not that much. Just stand right there, stand right there. What, would you have your shoes? Oh, you take your shoes off for church? Okay. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> You know, you usually do this when somebody's choking. You know, you go here. You know what she did? She went in the back of my wife, and she did this. You stay there. <laughs> Take a seat. 
Thank you. That's it. Yeah, you can take off your shoes now. Enjoy the sermon. She started doing pulling the ears. And we were kind of like, what's that? And she said, I learned back in Mexico and the church, some people was telling me that if you pull the ears, it's going to, you know, that thing is going to go away, going to come out. said, pulling the ears. Now, she did believe that. And the same way, we mix many of the things that we used to believe. We bring it to church. It's very interesting. We just mix it with things that, we, you know, we just keep believing those things even today. But when we were up there, you used to believe many things. And I mentioned to you, I believe, that my mom used to, you know, one day use the egg. Because I was afraid one night, and I couldn't sleep all night. So she grabs a fresh egg, and she just rubs it in front of, I mean, on top of my head. And after that, if the egg is cooked... That means that the fear that I had is gone. I should be sleeping fine now. Some things that we used to do, we just don't do it, especially when you know the real God. And here we have Paul talking to them, making sure that hey, you guys should know something and you guys should know it better. Spiritual things are important. And then he mentioned, when you used to be out there, whatever you do, you used to keep you away from God and getting close to those idols or the things you believe. But now it's different. Verse number 3, he keeps saying, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now he's trying to emphasize how important is not only to have the, the gifts of the Spirit, or the spiritual gifts, but how important is to have the Holy Spirit in you and me. You cannot come to church and say, praise the Lord, or sing beautiful songs, hymns, whatever you want to sing, if you don't have the right spirit behind that. That's very interesting. Why am I saying that? I don't have it here with me. I have my computer, and every time you print that file, I have a document from a pastor who did a research, an Adventist pastor, uh, Mike Wilson who did a research together with, uh, uh, what's the name of the, anyway, with, with Andrews University. Uh, they did a research about the church, the Adventist church, way in the past, how they used to worship, how they used to react and do things during worship service. And it's very interesting because when you read the document, give you all kinds of different, uh, different ideas what happened back then, but then, his last conclusion, the conclusion at the end, after he said in that, in that, in that document, after he, he, he worked so many hours and days working on that document, he said that the Adventist church, back then, afraid of what the Holy Spirit could do with them, similar to what the world is doing, they try to avoid being Listen to this. Being used by the Holy Spirit during holy I mean during church services to the point, if you are an Adventist, you can understand this. That LNG White stopped having visions during church because of that. And it happened just after that, only happened out of the church divisions. That I mean, that hit really hard to me. 
Because when you read that kind of document, a study, that sometimes we try to refrain the Holy Spirit working in us and having the gifts of the Holy Spirit in us because we are afraid, we can make mistakes. That's why it's so important for you and me to know the work of the Holy Spirit, to know the gifts of the Spirit, to know that in moments like this, when we are having nominating committee, when we are members of the church, when we are living the last days, we need to know how the Holy Spirit is going to use you and me. I keep reading verse number uh, four. And by the way, if you need a copy of that document, I'm not afraid to give it to you. I have it on my computer, just couldn't print it. I don't know, 100, 200 pages, you know, big. He did it together, Pastor Mike Wilson with George King. Oh, George King, he's the one from the Andrews University, Seventh-day Adventist history uh, professor. We keep reading, number four. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service by the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now he's getting into, the, into the, the real deal, let's put it that way. I'm going to repeat verse number four. Therefore are different kinds of gifts by the same spirit. What do you understand about that? Later on, in the few verses after that, he's going to mention some of the gifts of the spirit. That you and I need to be aware. And he's saying very clear. There are different kind of gifts. Uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, I believe it was Bob. That mentioned that this is the body. And he talks about the body later on. You know that. When he talks about. Yes, can you imagine if we all are. One big mouth. With no eyes. Where do we go? Can we imagine. If we are one big eye. Like big eyes. No mouth. What do we do? But we are all different, and we all have different gifts. The gifts of the Spirit are given by the Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, spiritual gifts, by the same Spirit. Behind each of those gifts is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the one that you and I know and preach. But the Bible doesn't stop right there. Verse number 5 says, There are different kinds of service. And by the way, that word service is better translated as ministries. Things that you do. Things that you are involved with. They are different kind of ministries. And the very interesting thing is that after that says, But the same Lord. Now, when you read the word Lord, it's not referring to God. The word Lord is referring to the Son, Jesus Christ. You remember the verses before, verse number uh, 3 at the end, it says, And no one can say Jesus is Lord except for the Holy Spirit. So the ministries that are going to be given this new year and next year and every time a ministry happens is because the Lord is behind that ministry. No wonder why 
when we have a ministry, when we call someone, when we get together a nominating committee, when we pray about them, when we discuss, we talk about all of that, we said, we call someone said, you know what? The Lord is calling you to do a ministry in this church. No wonder why the call is so important, because we believe that behind a ministry, there is Jesus Christ asking you to do that ministry. The Holy Spirit gets involved, according to this verse. Jesus Christ, the Son, gets involved, according to this verse, but doesn't stop there, because the next verse, 6, there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. And when I read that in this version, there are, di- I mean, there are different kinds of working, I was kind of confused. You see, my English is not as, as extensive as you probably know because, you know, I'm from Peru. So I had to find out what do you mean different kinds of working. But when you look for, for something closer to a better work for, I mean, I, I mean, a better word for that, you find that the Bible is saying there are different kinds of work. And when the people who study this passage, they go deeper in this, they even go to the point that this part of the verse, when it says there are different kinds of work, I'm going to read it with that word now, there are different kinds of work, but the same God works all of them in all men. They said that what this verse is referring, that God is the one that creates all of those people, all that work. You are the work of God. You are the work of God. You are his craftsmanship. You are special. You are the work of God. And he is behind each one of those work pieces or masterpieces. So as you notice, God so far, so, sorry, as you notice, Paul, I mean, Paul in these verses, so far as is trying to get the whole picture for you and me. The Holy Spirit gets involved, giving you the gifts of the Spirit. Jesus Christ is getting involved, calling you to do a ministry because he's giving you the ministry to do it. And God is getting involved, creating you to do that ministry. And when all those three get involved, are not supposed to be any mistakes around that. Meaning, Pastor, I'm not called for that ministry. God is the one who did the work in you. He's the one who created you. He who called you and prepared you to do this job. You cannot say, Pastor, I don't have the gift. Not everyone has the same gift. We know that. But the Holy Spirit is the one that gives that gift. Pastor, I don't know what ministry to do. You probably know what ministry we have to do or you have to do. But we keep ignoring all of that. Says Paul, I don't want you to ignore any of those spiritual things. Because after all, the spiritual stuff that you need to know are very important for your life and your Christian living. And I keep reading the next verse after that. He keeps getting deeper now. Verse number seven. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That's one characteristic that you have to, you are going to find out for the spiritual gifts. All the spiritual gifts are given for the common good. 
Some translations change that as for the church. The group, the body that is going to grow, the common good. And don't get confused spiritual gifts with talents, which are totally different. And sometimes they get mixed a little bit. Talents are a different thing that gives. A spiritual gift has a purpose, which is the church and godly stuff. Godly things. Sometimes we mix. Or oh, you have the talent to do this. That's what we call you. God is the one that gives the holy, sorry, the spiritual gifts for the common good of the church, the common good of the body of Christ, the common good of, for the, uh, commun- the Christian community. Number eight. Two one, now he starts saying this. Two one, there is giving through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. Wisdom and knowledge. It's funny because the other day we were having a conversation. It was a really good conversation with, with my, my, my kid, Daniel, and Patty and myself. And we were talking about Einstein, Albert Einstein. He was a bright person. His hair was totally different than anybody else. He looked really different. His knowledge, you know, everything that was here, it was totally different. I think he was probably a person who got bored, you know, bored. I mean, he got bored just talking with a normal person because, like, hey, you're not at the same level. It's very interesting. And then we start talking, so what's the difference? I mean, did, I mean, did, he, did he have the knowledge or did he have that wisdom? And then we start having that discussion about the wisdom and knowledge. If you remember in the Bible, Solomon is the one who asked to God for wisdom to lead the people. Wisdom is given by God. And as you see right here, the Bible don't contradict that idea. Some of you are going to have the gift, the spiritual gift, or wisdom. Not because you are older than me. I want to tell you that. You are not going to get wise because you have lived, or you are 40 years in front of me. I am 42, right? I forgot already. Yeah, 42. That's good. I'm 42. So you have 40 more years than me. You probably are 82. That doesn't mean you're wise. Wisdom only comes from God. And the Holy Spirit is the only one who is going to give you wisdom. Knowing that, we also have to remember that according to the Bible, says that also he gives, or the Spirit also gives, to another the message of knowledge. Knowledge about many things that as a church we need to know so we can walk firm and we can make wise decisions. But once again, the only one who gives both of those things according to the Bible is the same spirit. Now that's very scary. Because if we elect people because they have the years in this church, if we select people because they have the knowledge of doing something in this church, 
we could be going the wrong way. The spirit is only given, sorry, the wisdom and knowledge is only given by the Holy Spirit. You can be young and be wise. I keep reading because that, that's an stab right there. Verse number 9. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. If these are gifts of the spirit or spiritual gifts, we have a small problem now. Faith is given by the spirit. For you to believe that God can do great things in this church, yes, it's all up to you, but it's given by the Spirit, the opportunity that you are going to have to believe that that is going to happen. But that doesn't stop right there. Because the same verse also mentioned that to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit is also given. How do we handle that as Adventists? How do we handle that, that somebody else can have the gift of healing people? Some of us and some, uh, some of the people who study the Bible, not Adventists, all of them, they believe that some of these gifts have been lost when the apostles died and only happened back then. Very interesting. I'm not going to get into that discussion or talk about that. Maybe you want me to get there, but I'm not going to get there. Because the point for you and me is not to discuss if we can still have that gift or not today. My point is to know that it's one spirit behind all of that. And you and I have to remember that. And then I keep reading. Verse number 10. To another, miracles, I don't know if that's pronounced right, but you have your Bible. Miraculous. How do you say it? Miraculous. Power. How do you translate that? How do you take that as gift of the Spirit? Power to do miracles. How do you translate that? How do you handle that? And then says to another, prophecy. Now, as Adventists, we said, that's it, that's us. Because we have the spirit of prophecy. And yes, I believe that too. But how do you handle when we know that in the last days, we also are going to have visions, dreams. How are we going to handle that? I leave you there for you to think and study a little bit more. But that doesn't stop right there. Keep saying to another, distinguishing between spirits. And the best translation for that, other than saying distinguishing between spirits, is distinguishing between teachings, between doctrines. Not everybody has that, that gift. Some people have the gift from the Lord 
who distinguish, make the difference between someone who is so close to the truth, but still is not the truth, and someone who is telling you 100% based, a Bible-based truth. That's a gift. And then the Bible keeps saying, I'm going to keep reading this. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, we are getting in trouble here a little bit more and more. First, we were talking about people doing miracles or making, doing, you know, making miracles because of the gift of the Spirit. We were talking now about people who speak in tongues. And you as a Seventh-day Adventist, do you know what's the, pos the position of the church about that? The official posi position of the church about that? You know that the church doesn't really have an official position about speaking in tongues by the Holy Spirit? And I don't want you to take me wrong here either. I'm not going to go in the way and say, brothers, it's time to speak in tongues. No. No, don't. Don't go out there and say, pastor was going that way. But the church don't have a, an official position about how the Holy Spirit shows the speaking in tongues as part of the gifts. If you, there is a, a, a survey that they made in Australia. And the survey that they make in Australia to seven-day after churches, it shows that 5% of all of them believe that God can speak in tongues and give that gift, give the spiritual gift to people. But 80% of all of them said that cannot happen. Very interesting. And when you read that passage about tongues, we usually refer to Acts chapter 2, you know, how, how the, the fire of heaven came, I'm sorry, like a fire, the Holy Spirit, and then they went out of that place and they were speaking in tongues, and everybody else were saying, how can we can understand them in our own language? Isn't that true? That's, that happened. People from Judea, I mean, Israel from Israel, they were speaking in some other language that they didn't imagine they could speak, and everybody else was understanding that. But Paul is not talking about that here either. He's, he, he's leaving the speaking on tongues very open. And if you keep reading the same book and some chapters in front of that, you are going to start thinking, okay, what's going on here? Which one is he, is he talking about? There is one thing that you and I need to know when we talk about tongues, and maybe I just have to explain a little bit more about that. First of all, Paul is very clear when he said that. The Holy Spirit is going to give you the gift of speaking in tongues, but also is going to give you the gift to someone else to interpret that. And as you remember, when we read before, it says, many of these gifts, sorry, all of these gifts, are for the common good of everybody. That means that if you out there to one church that speaks on tongues and they think that's the only sign that you have the Holy Spirit, they are very much wrong, especially when you don't understand anything. I think that's called le leverage? Leverage? Somebody? That they just change their tone of voice and they speak some language that nobody understands. 
gibberish? Gibberish. Babbling. Just start talking things that you just don't understand. Let me just give you an example. An example, an illustration, a very interesting illustration that happened to a professor of religion, an Adventist professor of, of um, um, religion. He went to a meeting uh, back in one of the islands, one of the, sorry, in Europe. And in this meeting with many other pastors, Adventists and non-Adventists, he was supposed to be preaching and he preached and he did the job, he finished preaching. And once he finished preaching, the one in charge, who was not an Adventist, because what different religions, who was not an Adventist, he stand up front and he said, brothers, it's time for you and me to sing hymn number. And once he says hymn number, somebody in the middle of the, of the, of the sermon, in the middle of the church or place that they were meeting, start talking in some language that was out of this world. The person stopped, the, 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 the one up front says, you please, can you stop? And the person stopped. And he asked to everybody else, does anybody else understand what he said? Please, you take a seat. You're not part of this. What you're doing is wrong. So he keep going. They start singing the hymn. They, stop, they, they, they finish the hymn. And before they mention the next part, this person again stands and starts talking in some weird language. He stopped the person again. Does anybody understand what he's saying? Nobody answered. You again have to stop that. He sits very calm, seems like it, according to the story. And when they are introducing the person who is going to pray, because it was, seems to be that it was like a fellowship hall or someplace big. This person stands again and he speaks even louder with some language that out of this world. He asked the same question. Nobody answered. And before he keeps, I mean, he tells to this person, you better sit down or otherwise you're going to be removed from this place. One of the cooks of that place seems to be that the kitchen was close by. And the speakers were going all the way there. He comes out of the kitchen and he said, somebody called my name and spoke in my native language from my island. And they spoke that I need to come and repent for what I'm doing. The pastor who was an Adventist, he was impressed. He couldn't understand. Nobody understood it, but it was one person who did understand that. And it was a language. That person, later on, was baptized. He was not a believer. But how the Lord uses those gifts is the very interesting thing. Before you and I say, it's right, or this is wrong, or so or so. And you and I have to check what the Bible is saying very clear. Because they are gifts of the Spirit who are given to each one of us. I keep reading the last part of this. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he what? You and I are not the ones 
who decide what kind of gift you are going to have. You and I are not the ones who are going to say, I have this gift because I've been doing it since I was a little kid. You are not the one who determines who has what gift or who deserves what kind of gift. The Bible is clear when it says, it's only one who determines who receives what gift. And that's the Holy Spirit. My question to you is, what gift do you have? But more than that, more than getting into the discussion of tongues, getting into the discussion of miracle workers, going, more than that is what are you doing about your own spiritual gift? Is the question. You see, the title of the sermon, I don't have the bulletin here, but the title of the sermon says something about differences among the, or what different, let me see, what is so different about the same? We have the same spirit. We have the same God. We have the same Messiah who came to die for us. But even that we have the same people, the same group of people, even that we have the same God behind all of us, we are all different because we have all different gifts. And we just have to accept that. But do you know which one is your gift? And like I said before, are you working with that gift? Because the Holy Spirit gives the gift. After that comes the ministry that you have to apply it. And after that, if you have an excuse, comes according to the verse, comes God saying, in all works, God is behind in each one of you, the work of God. You cannot complain that you cannot make it. I cannot complain. I cannot make it. We all have gifts. I want you to think about that. Because it's important for this church and for any church to think about how the Holy Spirit is going to be using you in a ministry that is going to impact this community, and more than that, is going to reach people for Christ. Because after all, we have to preach the message. After all, we have to still call people to repent because Jesus Christ is coming soon. But how are you going to handle all of that? It's all up to you. And please, don't get into the details of this or that. Get into the real important thing behind all of this. You have gifts, and you have to work with them. How are you going to do it? It's sad to see that the 80-20, is that the way you say 2080, the one, the 20-80 rule, also is applied to a church. And it's not supposed to be like that. What about if we change that at least? Other than say the 2080, say the 8020. 20% watching, which 20% are visitors. Praise the Lord. And 80% is you and me. But for that, take serious the gifts of the Spirit and work with them. 
God is going to use you in a mighty way. Don't ignore that. Think when you are going to fill up that paper. Think when you know it's a new year to have a ministry in this church and to make this church grow for the glory of God, not for us, for the glory of God. Think about the message and read it as many times as you want. What the Lord is preparing for you. Can we do that? <clears throat> Can we do that? Yes. Some of you are so positive. Can you do that? <laughs> They're falling asleep and they say so positive. Yes, Pastor. <laughs> God is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you for a beautiful day, Sabbath, a Sabbath to fellowship, to have communion with you, to enjoy your company and have a better relationship with you, leaving everything behind and just being with you. Thank you, Lord, because we have this opportunity of worship together here in your church, your house of worship. But as we finish this sermon as we call it as we finish reading this passage as we struggle with some of these words and some of these uh, teachings that Paul has for us help us to see the bigger picture it's not about knowing many of these things right or from wrong and I mean it's important but it's not about getting into discussions that are going to keep us in the same place. It's about knowing the big picture that if we have a gift, we have to put it in your hands. And we have to apply it to your church. And we have to do something. Help us. Help us to remove our minds from the same place that we always think that we can't do anything. Because I don't have the gift. Help us to not ignore that if you call us, you also give us the gifts. That if you call us, you also give us the ministries. That if you call us, you also know that we can do it. Help us to apply these gifts for your glory, O Lord. Forgive all of our sins today. And be with us as we leave this church. Help us give a living testimony of Jesus Christ for others. And as we sing this last song, help us do it with the hope and joy that a Christian should be singing. In Jesus' name. We want to ask all of this. Amen. Amen.